Oh, we are back on the USS Post show, hurling through space and time. This is Commander's Log, the unofficial Star Trek Post show, brought to you by Geek Renaissance. You can find more about that at Geek Renaissance on Instagram. But my name is Hobo Boys, and, well, as always, I'm not alone. I need someone to give me orders, because I'm just a first officer. I'm just a number one. Get over the captain himself, Mr. John Weber. How are you doing, sir? Commander Boyce, you're the best damn commander in the whole damn Starfleet. And let me give you a little trill, love. Boom. Oh, snap. We're going to trill, y'all, bro, trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just want to say, okay, so wait, is this Wakanda and this is trill? trill. Is that what I'm getting here? Yeah. <laughs> now, what about, culture, man. <laughs> what about when a culture, uh, what about when a Vulcan goes, oh, yeah. I, I have no idea. I, I believe I, I believe that's how you get written off in Vulcan. I wonder if we're all part of the same species, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Trippy. Yeah, you're on the one universe, man. Uh, man, so True. glad to be back here, back again with another banger episode of Star Discovery. I mean, I was saying the first episode was 48 minutes long. Oh, that's a long one. But now we're clocking almost an hour. For these things, but a very medical centric episode. John yeah. Weber, just what do you think overall about today's episode? Forget me not, episode four of season three of Discovery. You know, I have always loved about Discovery that they will rush through things that other shows take a long time to get to. So, really quickly, we get into the mirror universe in season one. And we've got this big mystery in season two. Now season three is all about being in the future, how different everything is. And and I'm going to harp on this. This is probably going to be my, my theme for the episode tonight. So da, 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 John's theme. That's my theme too, John's oh, okay. theme. Had no idea what that was. Yeah, I know. I just came up with it. <laughs> uh, never work with an improviser, Flobo. It's a mess. Oh, uh, here's you the deal. Sheriff? I, I think we're I think we're at the point where it's all about the crew now, which is crazy because that happens almost immediately in every Star Trek where we get to meet each crew member and their issues and and a piece of their history. And here we are in season three. It's never been more new. The, the universe in Star Trek has never been more new and unseen than it is now. And yet we're so introspective and we're so about the people that we're meeting. And that's kind of beautiful. I really love how it's turning out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is funny. That was one of Discovery's weaknesses. Not about the crew. Not about Berta. Uh, that's, that's my detector voice, you know. I'm also <laughs> not good with voices and musical sound effects. Uh, but, but you're right. We are seeing the crew work and interact. And we'll get to it a bit later. You know, the challenges I thought Saru would have as being captain would be more like, what to do if an asteroid is coming at you at the same time there's a gun to your head? But he's dealing with a whole other set of challenges as being captain. And I guess that's kind of cool. That way you can underscore the relationships between all different members of that crew. Also, kind of a cool treat having uh, Dr. Kluger doing the uh, medical log supplemental. How about that? And, and this is really something, too, because, you know, this is a personal thing, uh, but very Star Trek related. Um, I remember, as you know, my favorite series in, in the whole Star Trek universe is Deep Space Nine. And 
a lot of that has to do with um, they set up a lot of things and then they changed them a little better. And I a little bit later, and I would say they made them better. Uh, and one of them was Dr. Bashir, who was a character who was naive and uh, sort of young man like he was he was kind of like the uh west you know he's kind of like the wesley of of uh deep space nine for a while shut you know up, he's the the young <laughs> shut up wesley shut up dr Bashir. uh you know making his way through learning a lot of stuff uh, you know however then we find out that he was genetically modified to be super intelligent and that's illegal mm. because of con con and uh, there, there is this whole cloud over his head from that point on. He's a semi-tragic figure from that point on. He's cursed with this illegal power that he has. And every time he uses it, he reminds the Federation that he shouldn't have it. And it's just kind of wild how, how it all works out there. And now, uh, with our doctor, Dr. Adair? Uh, Kluber. Kluber. Adair is our, is, right, Adair comes later. Um, Dr. Culber is so, because he went through that weird getting pulled into the, the other universe and uh, basically tortured and treated like a monster uh, and, and had to spend so much time going through so much pain and disorientation, this guy has a lot of soul. He's got a lot of mileage on his soul. Yeah. And, and it makes sense that they have no counselor. So who's going to fill in? And it's got to be someone who's got that mileage. Yeah. Yeah, uh, jumping ahead a bit, that scene when that uh, he had the tablet telling Saru, like, look, man, they're they're totally, you know, physically okay. <laughs> but healthy, they are not. Uh, really brings home that, you know, Culver was like the thread line through this one because both A and B plot had a medical spin to it. So let's get into yeah. it, man. This yeah. is interesting to me because the only trill... I was open to you was Dax. And granted, for those of you who are watching this now, I'll admit, I've been this part of my life. I'm only up to season three in Deep Space Nine, so something could happen. Although I will <laughs> say in season one, Dax was kind of like, yeah, I'm a trill, whatever. And by yeah. season two, it was like, trill, not a science guy. Trill, trill, trill. But, but that's besides the point. Uh, we're going to trill, man. I, I I never thought what trill would look like. I was I was interested to see what was going on because wow. I wants to know what was going on with the symbiote system. Yeah, yeah. Wild, man. Uh, and uh, because we're helping her out, we do get more from her this episode. I was I was going to call her Leslie Crusher ah, because yeah. she just felt so much like a girl Wesley to me, even though yeah. non-binary. So uh, please, you know, I, you know. Go ahead, take they me to task. She, they use a she pronouns. I mean, she is a she in the show. They use she, and and so that's okay. I'm not I'm not trying to label her or, or you know hold her in. I honestly love about Star Trek that we're going. Hey, this person is like this. Not yeah. all black people are like that. All white people are like that. This person's like this, and this person's like that. That's reality. Is that your status special? All black people are like this. All <laughs> white people are like this. It's really easy to explain racism to people because people will always be like, well, I'm not racist. But I'll tell you what, all yeah. those Mexicans sure love Mexican food. Well, right, you know, right, right. Mexican yeah. people love lots of things and lots of different I kinds of too. food. <laughs> yeah, you oh, love Mexican, Mexican food. Is that making me Mexican? No, I, I you know, I always I I always uh wanted to fight against stereotypes because uh 
you know, I didn't fit a lot of stereotypes. Oh man, I I grew up being told so many like you know you're not you're you're not uh, you know you're not manly. You're not this. You're not that. I am who I am. You know. You sure? Because that beard is manly AF, man. Well, I would love to have that volume. <laughs> I could only grow this once I hit middle age. Oh. Flobo, you're still young and attractive. It's okay. Take months. the trade off. <laughs> Take the trade off. Because once you're once you're old and unattractive, you get to have things like a big old beard. Yeah, the hair goes everywhere else. My nose. Uh, <laughs> but really, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I, we have topic, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to. I do want to button that with saying, yeah, that's how I always see racism. I always see racism as if you say a group always behaves this way or always thinks that way. That's that's real baseline racism. If you're okay. denying people jobs based on their race, that is big time racism. But, yeah, you know, just personal, enough. everyday uh, carrying it around racism. And so we're taught uh, in discovery because the future is the future, because people don't have all the hang ups that we drag along with us as a society. You get things like, look, this is a non-binary person when we meet the person that she was with, Gray, right. also a non-binary person. Really right. cool. Uh, and she did say the term boyfriend, but I think he was non-binary as well. Boyfriend. And, and, and that just goes to levels of what's your pronoun? You know, I learned this when I was driving Uber. When I was okay. captaining, captaining I was my Uber. <laughs> the road ship. <laughs> right. Was, sometimes you're going to get a call. I don't know if this ever happened to you. Sometimes you get a call and it's like a man with a man's picture and you go and you pick up a woman. Right. And you can tell they're the same person. And I right. had to ask my friend who's non-binary, what do I do in that position? Because do I say, hi, are you Jeff? Yeah. And I then would. that beautiful woman has to say, uh, yes, I'm Jeff or... And my friend said, the first thing you ask is, what's your preferred pronoun? I know a lot of people are like, oh, why should I have to do that? Because it's kind. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Because yeah. it's considerate. I, I, you know what I think is, I think the backlash, and this is totally not the point of Star Trek, but I, I think the backlash is that everyone in their mind had an idea of what society was. And it to them, the change was too sudden. But I don't think it was. I just felt the people who didn't have a voice have a voice now. And so That's right. There's That's some right. pronouns I have to learn. Like I have to like like spell or write down. But like he, she, or they should not be, you know what I mean? Like a, a grounds for contention. How yeah, dare you? No, like, no. Just, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, look, sometimes people will get mean to you. Like you misgendered me. And they'll talk to you in a way you don't want to be talked to. But, you know, you don't have to take that. You could be like, yeah. hey, be nice. I'm learning. Yeah, as long as you're kind, tolerance should rule the day. Uh, I, I mean, I think, yeah, let people no, be who they are. Is, but they, who they are. And uh, you're right. I did, I did like the fact that uh, Adira had a bit of a backstory, got to learn a little bit more about yeah. why she was suppressing the memories, or I should say the symbiote and her could not reach together. But before we get right. to that, because that scene was trippy, yeah. talk to me about the planet Trill, man. I mean, you know, uh, uh -huh. Culver says, Michael, you got to go. He's like all about it. You are just way better at it. At first, I was like, is this kind of a writer's decision? But it made total sense when I got there, why Michael went. Uh, talk to me about what you felt yeah. about the Trill in the future. Uh, you know, we knew so little about the Trill. Uh, they just seemed like, uh, mm, oh, I don't know. They seemed like um, Belgian people. Uh, oh, they're around. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like my the family goes back to Belgium. 
they're around. You know Belgian people, but you don't know much about where, where what Belgium is, and you've probably never been to Belgium. Have you ever been to Belgium? Flobo? I would love no. to go. They're the best soccer players there. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they, delicious chocolate. That that would get me there in a heartbeat. But <laughs> but the uh, the thing about Trill is we knew uh, Jadzia Dax, so we knew Jadzia from Deep Space Nine. Uh, she was replaced by Esme Dax, who had a very similar story to Adir's story, which is mm. fascinating in that she never meant to be a host yeah. of of a squid. As, Just as come putting called. in here, Joshua Posa, who's in the show last week, says the Trill were awesome. How are you doing, Joshua? How's they were. Like they were. And um, okay, I, at some point, I'm going to have to run over and do a little uh, research that I should have done before, because uh... the the main lady in charge of Trill, like our that main lady, remember mm-hmm. her? Uh, she is from the TV show Shit's Creek. Oh wow! I don't want. Uh, I haven't watched that show yet. I can't. Oh, uh, you know, tell me some, I'm missing out. I, here's here's what I tell people about Shit's Creek: watch it late at night. Like if it's going to be a, if you want to watch one more thing, watch Shit's Creek. It's quiet, yeah. and it's gentle. No laugh track, and it's really funny. Really yeah. like humorous, deeply funny. But it also takes you to a world of. You know, I love Eugene Levy. I love his family now because they're a big part of it. I love Catherine O'Hara. This is just a really good show. But anyway, she's from Schitt's Creek, so I love her. She was great. Again, as I pointed out last week, watch for the Canadian actors. You're going to see some of the cream of the cream (laughs) of Canadian actors because tonight we got her. Yeah, get that budget cut in there. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I've never worked in Canada, but I have heard many friends tell me, uh, yeah, it's real low budget up there. They don't pay much for actors. I, I bet that. I mean, whilst well, you have all the uh, CW shows there. Uh, right. But it's, it seemed at first that they were going to get turned away. It seemed that, like, they weren't worthy to be even exa- – the fact, the fact that Trill has been decimated, it seemed, and they needed almost any help they can get, they looked at her like – I don't know. She don't know all her names. <laughs> like, and it really took an insurrection from an an, uh, an elder uh, guardian Z to to actually like step up. Like, now I know we're talking about allegories here in Star Trek, but this right. seems very modern day about this exchange. I don't yeah. know what, what what pulled at you about this whole thing, the rationale that Trill had at first, being like, no, we don't want to deal with that. Oh well. Um... One of the things that they have uh, dealt with earlier about the Trill is that of the Trill. So if you and I were Trill, we wouldn't necessarily be good enough to be joined with a symbiote. We would have to really work hard, study, learn the way to do it. You know what? You would be. I would. Thank you, man. No squid would want to be in this mess. <laughs> this mess. Like, oh, good Lord. It's nothing but Reese's peanut butter cups in here. Sounds pretty legit, man. (laughs) But the the idea, uh, and they mention it. You know, they they talk about it. It's very much one of the principles of how they react to um, this human. A human has been joined up with a a host that's with a a symbiote. That's never happened before, and um, and things are going wrong. And I could have guessed. Did you see it coming? Where they were going to be like, no, we have to take the squid out of you. 
you yeah. are not worthy. Did you see that coming? Because I knew I, that immediately. I thought that only because of the few episodes of DS9, the early seasons, where it was kind of like, you know, I, I studied, I trained, I you know, ate really well, you know, I did my tic-tac-toes and helped me across the street. <laughs> so I, I totally see that being that. But again, I'm also a Green Lantern guy when, uh, and I guess this is what I pulled from it, when you get the ring, it's because the last Green Lantern had perished and you were just in that sector and you are kind of uh, worthy. But then no one says when you join the Green Lantern Corps that people are going to like you. So there's mm-hmm. always a dynamic being like, oh, they the ring chose you, but you're not one of us. So I right. don't know. Yeah. Right. It's the, um, I know his name. And I mean, John Stewart was one of the alternates, one of the Earth alternates, but uh, Guy Gardner. Oh, your boy. Redheaded. Guy Gardner. My boy. I hate the Guy Gardner. <laughs> xenophobic. No, I hate that. He's a butthead. He's a meathead <laughs> with his bowl cut. Guy Gardner. I like his jacket. I can't lie, but (laughs) but I think um, I think the ring didn't know humans, so it was going by. He was without fear. He was extremely brave. But wasn't he in? um, We're spending so much time on this. Um, Guy Gardner was not worthy. He had the ring. That was that was very like this because they're looking at this girl. That yes, they're looking at this girl, and they're saying. You know, oh, and we also find out because of the burn, there aren't that many symbiotes left. Right. I I think she might be one of a very few. I don't think she's the only, but she's one of very few. Makes sense, yeah. And that to them is like, if you are, you know, just one of the greatest trills ever, that's when you get a symbiote. So, yes, there's a huge conflict there. And I was very happy, uh, (laughs) identity politics, it's it's so ugly. I was very happy that for once the bad guy wasn't the old white guy. It was well, I mean, the young white. white guy in there. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but he was the believer that he was the guy who was like, this is a good thing that you're here and we want to make so much out of this. Uh, that's good. But, um, you know, everybody else is like. Cough out that squid. We want it back. Wait, can I, can I challenge you here a bit? Because this is going to be really ugly. Does it bother you that in most post-postmodern entertainment, there is the trope of the old white guy being stuck in his ways? Um, you know, I don't take it personally because I see myself as a... Um, I won't lie to you. I see myself as a shaman, really. I see myself as a healer and a person who, who builds bridges so I don't take anything personally when people go, oh, you know, the old white men are ruining ruining the world or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, I see that. I see why you would say that. And, um, you know, I'm also one of those people that if you say all white men are terrible, I don't take that personally. Because right, I, so I can take it to a comedy club and things open up again. That's all we do. Exactly. Exactly. No, but that's the thing. Like, I don't take it personally. If someone were to say you make things worse, well, okay, I'll take that personally. It depends on the context, yeah. And and every once in a while it happens. Every once yeah. in a while, you know, just talking about being at stand-up clubs, I'm big, so I get picked on a lot from the stage. Oh. There was one comic who was like, sir, do you have erectile dysfunction? Because I know that happens in men your age. And I said, I'll go up there on that stage and perform a sex act on you right now. How about that? 
It's a matinee show, sir. You're making a scene. No, I'm just... Yeah, I know. Everybody in the church gasped. <laughs> so... Never should have done that during a church show. <laughs> so, Adira, at this part in time, uh, knows only to make a mean Bajorian Hasparan. And I remember quoting that because I looked that up, and it's basically a burrito. So I'm all about <laughs> that. Uh, decided, uh, they decided after the fact to hit the caves to find out what the deal right. is and, and can't right. you connect. Um, okay. Loved it. Loved everything about it. But if that were me, and the 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 only barrier to knowing who was I was to jump into a hot spring into a cave <laughs> on a foreign planet, I'm like, you know what, bro? Just if you can't scan this, we good. Like I just I don't know. Like it's a leap of faith, doesn't it? You'd be like, I don't know what I can catch in there. What's your filtration system? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no. <laughs> Look, man, I'm my not... name is Bougie Dax. That's what, that's, that's gonna be my trill name. I ain't going in there. Nope. I mean, uh, it was really weird that she was like, "Okay, I'll go take my clothes off, put on the big old baptism gown." I mean, that's what it reminded me size. of. Just for this occasion. And uh, and then we had probably one of my favorite ways that they've ever brought back an old trope. So now that they're in this reality that the water takes them to, it takes them to a place where they can breathe. It's basically a soundstage right. where they breathe hung up a out. bunch of lights and stuff, you know? And uh, it reminded me of, um, there were some next generation uh, episodes that would have a place like that. Like when they first meet the Ferengi, they're in some weird sort of dark drop cloth kind of a studio um, I don't know if you remember um, uh, from the original Star Trek, the episode, The Empath. Mm -hmm. They're in this weird nether zone. It's just basically a, a soundstage with nothing on True. it, except True. a beautiful actress and, and yeah. you know, like uh, Spock, uh, uh, McCoy, and gotta Kirk. say the budget for the dogfight scenes. Like that. that's, that's <laughs> pretty is, much what, it's a bottle episode. <laughs> this is exactly what I was thinking. It was like, yeah. well, you had to fly to Iceland and do, <laughs> do the first two episodes, so I guess we should probably do a studio episode now. And yeah. then maybe, maybe that's why it happened, but it also harkens back to many great Star Trek episodes, that they're in this place, and the real exploration is what's going on inside her inside a deer yeah and and what a what a beautiful story what a lovely story i really i wasn't sure i was gonna like her and they mm. did such a nice job of showing her you know just being this heart just this lovely heart yeah and i'm an old man now so that sort of thing really makes me happy when someone's got a good heart I hear you. I, I have a very small gripe. This is this is like me being like, it, just that like uh, Adira, the actress, uh, Blue, mm. that plays Adira, looks like she's someone in her 20s playing 16, but Gray looks like he's actually 16. And that's kind of weird, but like, if you're both uh, supposed I to be 16, I mean, it is a beautiful story. Someone you love is dying. The last wish they had, well, it was on, it was her decision, but the last wish we had was to confirm that. Yeah, that's definitely something that makes it pull. But I thought it was cool they took the, the time to do the beat of Adira running away yeah. from the tendrils. Like, you you yeah. know, you would think, just relax, bro. Why is Michael even there? But, like, the, and it was in my notes. Like, why is Michael even here? But the more I thought about it, and besides I'm unsettled, I'm, you know, bougie jacks, I wouldn't go in the water. But, like, imagine that, being so close to your truth, being like, am I ready for this? Like, I'm sure there's always a day... 
where every kid sits down with their parent, they bring in the photo album. This is, you know, that crazy grandpa of yours. And sometimes you go, okay, mom, but sometimes you're like, do I really want to see what happened to this person? And so I thought it was a cool moment they took time in the script, even though it's the future and it's tender right. underwater kind of right. deal. It was nice. It was really nice. It was really, as we find out, incredibly necessary because the previous Talls, so the, the squid is named Tall. That's what we know about trills. The squid is named Tall, and your your name, your first name, Flobo Tall, John Tall. Yeah. That's how that would go. And, uh, yeah, I know there'd be so many John Talls because there's so many Johns. True. You you got it made, but. Hey. (laughs) But she had these names, and that's that's actually a key moment uh, where uh, one of the guys says, speak your names. Oh, yeah, I have a quote here. It says, speak your names. I am Kasha Tall, Jovar Tall, Madela Tall, Kara Tall, Senna Tall, Gray Tall, tall. Adero Tall. I can't, you know, it's kind of making me, kind of making me uh, uh, get misty again. Uh, Because that was always a beautiful thing about Jadzia Dax's story. And I guess we find out there's a holiday that trills have where all of your personalities want to come out and speak. Mm. And uh, the way they did it on deep space nine is uh, her, her friend, her family and friends, uh, her people all take on one of the aspects. And so I just remember miles O'Brien is like this fumfering kind of, kind of uh, personality. Oh, don't get me started on that guy. It's the first two seasons, like, oh, my wife is hot. Yes, we know, Miles. She's very attractive. Stop You're going home to your hot wife. We get okay. it. Okay. Yeah, whatever, O'Brien. <laughs> my beautiful wife, what's wrong with this episode? Uh, I, and I your really say, cute daughter. Hooray. Yeah, I, I know, right? He can't, he can't win. He can't win. <laughs> no, you know what? We'll talk about allegories. And I think uh, as somebody who's a first-generation American, you know, my parents are from another country. And there's a balance of... You know, you are defenders or guardians of your heritage, of your lineage. I know that gets kind of lost in American politics, right? But but I do think it's some kind of value in learning recipes or learning memories or listen to those old stories of grandma. The one grandma knows who's related to everybody on the planet, you know, her stories. But then sometimes you get lost in that because I grew up here and in my formidable years, I've been on this planet in this country yeah. for so long, you wonder about losing that link. So for me, having the elders being like, speak your names, I'm like, I'm Lobo. You know, it's like, oh man, I've been there. Not so much as literal as that, but I, I've been in that situation before where you genetically have every the tools there, but you wonder if you're legit, you know? Absolutely. Um, my grandfather came to this country. Uh, uh, so I am uh, just two generations away from, uh, although... You can laugh when I tell you where he came from. Mm. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Oh, well, I don't have jokes, but other Canadians do. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing that I didn't realize. My grandfather was really like on the down low about this. Newfoundland was made part of Canada in the 40s. Oh. So it's new. It's like Alaska or Hawaii. It's its own thing that was brought in. But it okay. still has its own thing going on, and the mainland d- is not very nice to Newfoundland, yeah. as you as you know. 
It's a bad Canadian stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> it, everyone else but you guys. Well, it's funny yeah. because, uh, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I have so many levels of hillbilly. It's insane. Are you, you New Hampshire up there? Are you Hicks? Oh, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty goofy up there. I, I I think of us as being hillbillies. I grew up around a lot. Oh, man. I grew up a lot around a lot of Confederate battle flags. Oh, I grew yeah. up around a lot of Southern rock. Like they really try to. That's even worse for our country. No. <laughs> they really try to embrace the. No, no, man. The, the That, that they try to yeah. embrace that. And I, hey, I you special. know, I came out of that. Awesome, but, man. You should, yeah, you survived. Hey man, I I met a lot of great people and I learned a lot of great things, and that's that's how I came out of that. But you you do carry like uh, for Newfoundland too. I sort of carry that burden of, you know, Canada's not nice to them. They have their own culture. They have their own songs and stories. Yeah, you do feel like you're carrying that. And getting back to uh, this episode of Discovery, uh, you know, she's she's sixteen. 16. So that's a lot. That's a lot to put on a kid. And they weren't connecting. Her and her her previous incarnations of the, the symbiote weren't connecting. And there had to be a moment where that was going to happen. And it was kind of beautiful when it did. It did. And, and with the flowing of the memories, there's coordinates for the, the Federation Waypoint, which will probably be next week's episode as part of the trailer. But yeah. Gray... Is in the mind of Adira. Wow. Okay, so this is all right. So let me ask you if this bothers you at all, because it does bother Hell me. Oh yeah, it does. No, I'm just kidding. What's up? We've had some imaginary friends in this series. We've had we some have. people that no one else sees. Yeah. And I'm that's a little weird. Yeah, May. May's a big one there. And that's kind of weird to me that we've gone to that well more than once. You yeah, know? I I didn't mind it as much, but you're right. It is kind of a repeat beat, only because Adira is not afraid or like, oh, oh, I can't believe you're here, Gray. You know, that could be the very, very same thing. I got a feeling Gray would, would come in with some, like, information that, you know, how'd you know that? And it might be a secret she keeps that I may make it different, but it, you're right. It becomes one of those things where, like, you don't hear that? I hear it. Then it's like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, when are you going to tell everyone about this? Like, yeah. uh, so she's got a secret and she's keeping a secret. All right, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing that I I can tell myself and I would tell everybody about this is trust them. They're really good on discovery. Trust them if they're doing something weird. Oh, last week was a perfect example. Here I am going. Oh, great, we got another teenager on board. I don't have any teenagers in my life. I have to deal with teenagers on my favorite TV shows. Really? You crotchety old man. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And yet, just within one week, I'm like, don't you say anything bad about that girl. She's like the granddaughter I'd ever had. Fair enough, man. Uh, I, I am worried, though. Like, if that ha if I was Adira, if I was a tall in this case, if I had a significant other that I watched die, but it's mm. there all the time, like, that would... Yeah. Not say it will wear me out, but it's like, how could I ever move on? How can I date right. somebody else? How can right. I physically have pleasure as a adult human being, symbiote thing? Right. Is it going to turn sinister? 
Is there going to be jealousy? Because, oh, no one wants to see this teenage love thing play out, but it's there. So nothing we can do about that. It's it's here now. Um, and, well, uh, we're going to have to see. Yeah, we're going to have to see. I, dang, man, I was totally fine with it, but now I have questions. Thanks a lot, John Weber. <laughs> hey, here's here's what I predict, and it's awful. So I hope I'm wrong, but I predict there will be a lot of times where she sits down with Gray and they have that moment like at the end of Mork okay. where he, he Mork calling Orson, come in Orson. And then yeah. he, he basically tells Orson what he's learned. I'm oh. worried that it's going to be like that with Gray. That's like, what did we learn today? That's <laughs> well, Gray, I learned blah, 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 blah. Don't do this to me. Stop. <laughs> Writers, do the opposite of what John was saying, please. Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> All television shows, do the opposite of what I predict. <laughs> please. Before, before we move on to our next topic, I'll say thank you so much for checking out Commander's Log. We are live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. And if you're on any one of those platforms, hit up with a like and subscribe. Commander's Log is brought to you part by Geek Renaissance. Just in time for the holiday season, we're talking baubles, we're talking clayper clips, we're talking earrings. Get yours at Geek Renaissance on Instagram. Geek I was saying this wrong. Geekrenaissance.company.site. Geekrenaissance.company.site. Nice. Or at Geek Renaissance on Instagram. Make sure you have your holiday shopping in tow. And take a look at Google to figure out how to spell Renaissance. Because it yes. is tricky, but it's worth learning how to spell. Another thing. Beware of Greeks bearing gift, but always welcome in geeks bearing gifts. Yeah, I like the way you think. Hey, man, I'm a commercial actor at heart. I, I mean, I haven't done a commercial in this century, but still, very That's good. That's the first scene of a very cool comeback story. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while, but one more job and I'm out. Okay, John, that, whatever. <laughs> that's not true, by the way. That's not true. I, I think I did one in like 2012. So, oh, yeah. Oh, it's still time. It's still time. It's still time. Uh, give me an agent, by the way, because I'm, I'm tired of oh. myself in my basement. <laughs> You'd be great with my agent. I will totally talk to my agent. Hell yeah. That's how yeah. it's done. Making deals while I'm doing the show. Uh, so, Captain Saru, we mentioned earlier in the show today, is now oh. the, the captain, hashtag gang lead, gang of the USS Discovery. But he's going through some stuff, man. The crew, the morale is dang near military levels, if I can yes. be so bold. John Weber, yes. what is Saru to do? Well, you know, this is really interesting because uh, Saru officially became captain last episode, right? So yeah. in episode three, that's when that's when uh, Michael says, "I'm not going to challenge you for it. You're the captain," mm -hmm. and uh, and now he's he's encountered this unusual help. So he's talking to the computer, and then the computer starts speaking to him in multiple voices. One was a lot right? more central than the other, right? Like, Good. It wasn't just me. <laughs> I'm okay, sitting there computer. going. Yeah, I'm like, bam, when did 1980s Kathleen Turner walk in the room? Mm. But before but my it's time, I still appreciate it. <laughs> Way before your time. Um, the, the, uh, the sort of magic that's happening there, I was like, what? This is weird. What's going on? And so he's getting these ideas. And we'll skip to, to why it happened. It's because of the sphere. Mm -hmm. well, the sphere that's a theory uh, that's his theory and and that was really something because he got all these ideas and the idea that he went with 
to raise the crew's morale was to get Neelix from Voyager because he's a morale off. No, I'm kidding. I'm I was kidding. like, wait, what? What show was I watching? It was a movie, what? wasn't it? <laughs> What when I was watching Voyager, I was like, "Are they getting rid of Neelix? No, get rid of Neelix now. No, I can't wait to be disappointed by that show. Everyone I talk to doesn't like that one. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Yeah, it's great." Tell Voyager. <laughs> There's a lot of people who love it, but um, I was there at the time when it was coming out, episode by episode. You couldn't go. Oh, I'm gonna skip to the next episode. And uh, but morale was a thing. And and it is interesting, and uh, Neelix is what he is. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Voyager at some other point, but uh, talking about where what Saru decides to do, Saru decides to do a big dinner, similar, he says, to the harvest meal that they would have on his planet, and that's Thanksgiving ish, right? I mean, it is in this country, but I don't celebrate that. I mean, there's a there's and there's lots of indigenous people uh, that feel the same way, and yeah. uh, can only respect that. But uh, the the idea is that there's this big shared meal, and I love the sort of the way they they start it. They don't start it with a prayer. They start it with what did you say when you agreed to come to the future to help Michael Burnham? Yeah, you you said I. Uh. To me, that was... Uh, you didn't like that? No, man. I just... Okay, great. granted, it was voluntary, but uh-huh. it reminds me a lot like those corporate lunches at work. We're like, are we having fun? Huh, guys? Are we? We had pizza today. It's like, oh. <laughs> just don't let make me, me like my drink <laughs> out of the face. I'm just saying, man. I, just, I know what he was going for, but it's just like, ooh. <laughs> Teamwork and synergy. No, Everyone no. say teamwork and synergy. Yeah, I've been to those. We are meetings. here on a Saturday morning because we love <laughs> you that much as employees. We're going to do trust falls until the whole sales department trusts the marketing department. That does Look, not yes. work. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but but now I go, I'm a very interdisciplinary geek, and I go over to my Battlestar Galactica Ronald mm. D. Moore version, and I go with So Say We All. Do you uh, remember that? Yes, I do. I have a couple of t-shirts that effect. <laughs> and, and that's a, uh, it's t-shirt worthy, so yeah. it's it's worth having, but uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it because it didn't work, too. Right. Because so, Detmer, my girl, my yep. girl, one of my Red. redheads, Detmer just breaks and good because we've been set up for that. And it's in the previews, you know, previously on Star Trek Discovery. We see it. And uh, it's really important. It's important that we got to this breaking point because we yeah. knew it was coming. Taking a step back, though, it looked like Saru had to figure it out. He was like, I don't want to do activities. I want to do something different. And, yeah, the dinner kind of starts slow. And, and at the first time when he had Detmer say I, I thought she's going to break here and be like, I'm not doing it. But yeah. we were seeing that false sense of camaraderie and stories. And then everything broke down. Tilly and Stamets were already at each other's throats already in this episode. They come to a head. Demer tries to make haikus happen in the most weirdest way to the point where I thought she was glitching, but she's just upset. I wondered <laughs> about that, right? Uh, it was just awkward around. I actually, I saw myself doing this. Now, I watch <laughs> these shows at like 8 o'clock local time in the morning, so I'm like, 
drinking my coffee. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was hard to watch. <laughs> and here's something I don't know about you. Maybe you've mentioned this to me before, Flobo. Do you have siblings? Oh, one older brother. Uh, he is. You'll uh, be was seventy eight. He'll be twenty forty two in December. Oh no, kidding! No kidding. Yeah. So, um, uh, right. So, what, how many years between you? Six, six and a half years. Six and a half years. But yeah. he was still around. You still, you still did we family around, stuff. But we, we were never cool. We were like at, mm-hmm. we were at, at each other's. We were enemies until like two thousand ten. Because oh. it, it was that year where it was like. Um, he's trying to be in his own man, but I was little brother. Mom was like, go with your older brother. And he's like, oh, man, <laughs> this guy's still picking his nose. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, we're cool now. Yeah. 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 I had an older brother, and then I'm older than my three sisters. So I'm the second kid of five. And uh, my older brother is super smart and, uh, you know, always was a pretty sophisticated uh mentally kind of kid he loved star trek more, much more than i did when you asked me to do this show i was like oh my god no one's ever valued my star trek knowledge because my brother <laughs> held yeah. that down not well, me i think you're an expert to me well you know honestly it gave me the chance to go you know what i have watched every one of these shows <laughs> I do have Hell opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I probably watch more than he has at this point. But, yeah. uh, but you know, the thing about Tilly says it best when we're talking about, uh, when she's talking to Saru about how everything broke down, where she said, well, you know, just so you know, in my family, this was a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it's what it's cutting here. Josh again says, I think that breakdown was only the beginning of a lot of tension. Agreed. She's in the future, man. Future. Agreed, Joshua. Agreed. I think I think what we're learning is we're learning about Detmer, you know, because that moment she has with the doctor where she says, you know, pilots are, is it her or him? He says pilots are always a bit. And she goes, macho, which I thought was hilarious because they're playing against gender stereotypes at that moment, too. And uh, and that's that's how we get to know her. She, how has, why has she been so severe? She hated Michael Burnham in like episode two when they meet again. She hated her. And we knew that was going to be a big deal because she had been injured and she had been transformed by this injury. She also has a really important job. And, um, you know, what we get from her as, as the pilot is uh, she's carrying a lot of weight. So yeah, it's possible. She's always going to have a great amount of burden on her and we'll see. She's interesting. That's my favorite thing about her is she's interesting. We're not talking about Tasha Yar from season one of next generation. Don't get me me started on that, man. Cause I watched TNG and I was like, Oh wow. I think Tasha has my favorite character. Oh, and she dies so quickly. She got taken up by a glob of oil, and that's it. Like not even a chance of a sick bay. I was so okay. I'm so upset. I'm sorry. That was really evil oil, though. I just I it was guess, truly oh, evil oil. No, truth, truthfully, like like I, I think if I watched that back then, I probably would have had nightmares because Armas was looking yeah. pretty pretty scary. But man, Tasha got like a, like a punk, bro. Okay, that's not the point. That's the point. <laughs> uh, what I thought was pretty cool about Detmer's journey is that the the dynamic between her and Stamets, you know, and who really controls the ship because yes. Stamets was the the spore drive to the fact that we're, uh, 
uh, Saru was like, we got to come up with an alternate way. And Samus kind of took personal offense to that. Like it was yeah. trying to say a vote of no confidence. But to be fair, you need all the alternatives you can. But then there is Detmer being the pilot as well. And so I like the fact there's a little bit of a, a crosshatch there. For Stamets had a bad day between Tilly and, St- and, and Detmer. He's just like, oh my gosh, I can't win. I got to, you know, stop, you know, put myself out, get my head out of my own bum and think about my other people, my crew, because we're all in a giant family. We're all in this together. And they're all like overcoming injuries. And that's not a small thing. I mean, not everyone can relate to that, but uh, as a professional wrestler and as a guy who's generally clumsy, I don't know about you, but I've overcome a few injuries and and it's hard. It's a process. (laughs) You couldn't pay me to take that. There's no way. Because when I was young, I was 400 pounds and I was old. I was old. So that was it for me. (laughs) I keep forgetting that this is the all new and improved that we know. All new and improved. I bet you were a great kid, man. I, I mean, uh, I was a kid or not, clown, man. But uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna say let me get thrown for <laughs> a career. I have weak joints. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, man. the The thing about professional wrestling is you get rattled and over and over during the match, and it's the classic. It's not how you got knocked down; it's how you get back up. And that can take us back to this conversation about Discovery, too, because they are having a hard time getting back up. True. It's a process. And there is a very Starfleet solution to this, a counselor, but they don't have a counselor. They have a very small crew. They've got an 88 person, as far as we remember, an 88. Well, wait, no, uh, 89. Now that we've got a deer. Okay. Yeah. 89. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm keeping track of that number. You're That's man. important to me. <laughs> I mean, because... yeah, you know what's funny? Like, I, I can mock you now, but watch that be a thing, a plot point later. Like, dang it, <laughs> John Webb was a genius. <laughs> he was trying. Well, uh, you know, um, we have no idea what's going to happen next e- next episode when they meet the Federation. Right. Always we don't know if they're going to get more crewmates. We don't know if they're going to lose somebody. We don't know. So it's very important that we keep track of where everybody is right now. And as a, as a captain, you know, of the USS Post Show, I have to tell you, every life. Well, you know, because you're the guy who does the away team. You yeah. know. Yeah, I, Captain. Uh, every- or not I, I, we're not pirates. We're not pirates. <laughs> well, you Again. mentioned, yeah. Oh, go ahead. The, no, no, go ahead. The I thing. It's so funny how, yeah, how that's worked is, out it- two episodes in a row. I love the fact that there is a little bit of that still that remnant of the, the military structure there. Uh, but you're right. We had some some mention of next week's episode. Just overall thoughts and prediction. What do you plan to see? What do you expect to see next week in the scope? Well, okay. So we know that they're going to meet the Federation. And the guy fr- that they meet is the guy from the movie, movie The Mummy. So it's going to be good is what you're saying. <laughs> I love this guy. I yeah. can't remember his name. Is he Canadian too? Uh, no. No, I don't think he's Canadian. Oh, oh that's a really good question. I should check that out. But <laughs> but he's like one of the stars that they'll hire, you know, just like yeah. they hired Michelle Yeoh. Well, yeah. okay, for yeah. sure. Jojo gets a little scene there too as well. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm expecting a big episode. Like this was... Granted, a, a bottle episode with a $3 million budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, 
Yeah, you can't have people flying through space and, and tardigrades and, and molly slugs every week. So right. this was definitely more of a subdued episode. Uh, cost-saving measure looked like, but that only means that you're going to get that giant epic next week. I almost guarantee it. There's no way you can go to the Federation. I'm all for it. That, that clash yeah. of what you think it would stand for plus what you think it will stand for in the future versus what it is in the future is yeah. Really explosive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I find that extremely uh, uh, entertaining and important to have because, uh, look, there's the inside and the outside. They're both important. Yeah. Tell me what's going on in the universe. But, yeah, let's find out what, what's going on with the people that we're working with. I want to see Gene the Hazmat guy again. I have this. I got this. The Federation could be like Belgium. It could be all waffles and chocolate for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Welcome to the Federation." Woo! <laughs> we make we make watches and now some oompa pa music. Here's, here's waffles. A, don't mind if I do. <laughs> if, if I can just dip into my uh, uh, stand-up routine for a minute, the, when I grew up, the two worst things you could be uh, were French or German. French because I grew up in New England and the French Canadians are just considered art the enemy. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, the Germans were uh, were associated with Nazis and they were bad. Yeah. And so people would say, well, your name Weber, it's Weber, it's German. Yes. And, <laughs> and I'd go, no, it's not German. There's nothing about me that's German. And then um, my grandfather went to a, um, you know, like a, a genealogist and the genealogist said, well, you know, Weber shows up in France. And my grandfather was who's, you know, again, from Newfoundland. So yeah. he's like a Scottish Irishman. My grandfather was like, oh, I won't be hearing that. That's not us at all. I don't want to have any of that. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> and so he went to another genealogist. He found out we were Belgian. Oh, and I went... Grandpa, you realize he's telling you that we're French Germans. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> and at, like, po like... at that point, my grandfather was like, ah, you can't fight it. That's what we are. <laughs> well, we're French what? Germans. What are you going to do? It, it's a cool label. I mean, Belgian. It's a cool label. Like, no one has any bad things to say with the Belgians. So it's like, ah, uh, they're known for uh, strawberries. Uh, fine. <laughs> You know what, though? Um, if you ever check out the movie In Bruges. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, the, the, right? The writer did uh, Six Shooter, the short film before that. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Oh, no, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that makes you like Belgium. It's kind of funny that in the intro monologue, Colin Farrell has to literally say, by the way, it's in Belgium. Because <laughs> no one knows where the hell Bruges is. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this edition of Captain's Log. So much fun hanging with John Weber because this oh, guy God. makes me so pumped. Check out episodes of Star Trek Discovery and other Star Trek shows. Lesson Voyager. But other than that, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Where do the world find you online if they want to stalk you and follow you and do a lot of crazy stuff? You can find me on Twitter at Hello John Weber. Also, my same handle on Instagram at Hello John Weber. I'm more than happy to say hi. Please say hi. Oh, yeah. This is Commander's Log brought to you by Geek Renaissance. It's me, Flobo. Follow me at Flobo Boys all over your social medias. Two ways to follow me online. Well, three ways. Flopito.com. Learn about me as the man. New yeah. Amsterdam, K-N-A-W, Amsterdam.com. That's all the shows I'm working on. Get some That's information That's the brand, baby. That. And if you want to buy a t-shirt, support the homie at Flopito.threadless.com. Until next time, the U.S. Post Show is heading to Warp Drive, Warp Space. I don't really have the thing that Stamets does, but we're going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you later. Okay, I'm, I'm going out trail style. Yeah, baby. <laughs>